y'all, it's Caroline, and this is the Truth Talks Podcast, where we believe that God's Word has the ultimate authority, and that freedom is found in truth. So let's dive into it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Truth Talks Podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me. I hope that your week has been going amazing, and I hope that it is cooling down wherever you live, because it is not here in Texas. It's almost November and it's like 87 degrees and I'm like lord please please let it be fall weather I know that this is like the typical thing but I'm just ready to wear my sweaters I just I love just curling up in those things they're so comfortable but y'all will have to excuse me today I do have a little bit of congestion I have a little bit of a cold um I feel I feel fine I just don't necessarily sound like I feel fine um and I'm sounding better I'm drinking this like throat coat tea to try to like help my voice not some sound so much like a frog but y'all hot take tea really just tastes like water that has had grass in it which is like basically what it is but like I mean I like sweet tea and I like like chai lattes and things like that but like this chamomile lavender tea or whatever it is it's just like I'm like bro what is this like no um But I mean, I'm thankful for it, and I put some honey in it, and I mean, that's good at least. But anyways, just bear with me today um, if my voice is sounding a little bit just off. But today, we are going to be diving into, is quote-unquote righteous anger biblical? Short answer here is that for God, yes. For us, not so much. Righteous anger for man is a man-made idea. And the Bible always, always commands us to get rid of our anger. Like, always. In fact, the Bible never even allows us righteous anger. And I know, at at first, this is kind of like, "Mm, are you sure? Um, What what, what are you saying? And I was like that before, too. Um, But a little bit of backstory. My dad was reading this book called Unoffendable. It's Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. And, I mean, the, the title of the book is Unoffendable. And I turn the book over to the back to read kind of about it. And it asks two questions. It says, we're not entitled to our anger? Really? And I read that and I was like, um, excuse me? This is just like, no. Um, and the book offended me. Like, the title of the book offended me. And so my next thought was, well, maybe this is something I should read. Maybe, maybe I could learn something here. Um, and so if what I just said about you know, righteous anger, not for man, not being biblical, then, then, then you got defensive and frustrated about that, then maybe, maybe you should listen. And I would encourage you to listen to, um, what, what we're about to dive into and what scripture we're about to look at, because man, like growing up, I think I've always had a little bit of a problem with being easily frustrated, easily angered. And so this is all like really convicting for me. And I knew that being angry was a sin, And I knew, I was aware of this idea of righteous anger, but I never really looked into it. And so the book, Unoffendable, really honestly just dives into the fact that as believers, we have the choice to be unoffendable um, and how righteous anger, it it doesn't belong to us and it's never given to us and how every time we're called to drop our anger and we're just called to love and forgive. And so I think let's just start with diving into what even is righteous anger. Let's let's define it. And I looked up a couple different definitions, and they all pretty much said the same thing. But one of the descriptions of righteous anger is that righteous anger is getting angry at things that are not of God. We are to be angry at the things that oppose Christ in his image. 
Hmm. Okay, so here's my question. Are you going to be angry at yourself and all of humanity all the time? I mean, if we're, we're supposed to be angry at the things that oppose Christ in his image, wouldn't that be sin? And don't we sin daily? And don't doesn't everyone sin daily? And we know that scripture calls us not to be angry with our brother or sister. And so this just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. The second description of righteous anger is that the Bible shows us that acting in anger is acceptable, i.e. not sinful, when our anger is rooted in righteousness. To be righteous means to be just and act in accordance with divine law. Anger is righteous when it arises from our indignation at witnessing an offense against God or his word. I mean, that just sounds like an awful lot like the Pharisees, in my opinion. And again, you would have to be angry at yourself and everyone around you 24-7. And doesn't this make us the judge? Like, who gets to decide if our anger is righteous or not? I mean, yes, we have the Bible um, as a guideline, but most of the time when I'm angry at someone, I'm going to justify it. I'm going to ignore God's word and I'm going to think that however I feel is righteous. And another thing, didn't God already pour out his wrath for offenses against him and his word? And did Jesus not say to tell us die it is finished? Like this says anger is righteous when it arises from our indignation against at witnessing an offense against God or his word. Like, God poured out his wrath on Jesus for that. Like, that's not ours to deal with. That's his. And so I know that, you know, these kinds of questions are arising in your head. Like, well, oh, well, Jesus was angry. Or, you know, there's the verse that people want to point to of Ephesians 4.26. Shouldn't we be angry at sin? Are you saying that we should do nothing about injustice? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to get into all of that. So hang with me on this podcast. This is something I think a lot of people say of, well, Jesus was angry and Jesus never sinned. Therefore, there must be a certain type of anger that we are allowed to. There must be a certain type of anger that's not a sin. And to that, I would say, yes, like Jesus was a man who lived a perfect sinless life, but he is also God. And God has the right to be angry because he is the holy of holies and the king of kings. And that right to be angry is never, ever, ever given to us in scripture. If we have the right to be angry at what God is angry at, then by the same definition, we have the right to judge what God judges and avenge what God avenges. And we know that's not true. I mean, are there, are there not things that only belong to the Lord because he alone is holy and sinless? But you're right. God does get angry, but he is just to do so. He can also judge, and he can also seek vengeance, and we cannot. And so how do we know that seeking vengeance belongs to the Lord only? Well, we, we read it in Scripture. Romans twelve nineteen. it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Okay, right there, we know. Revenge belongs to the Lord. We don't get to seek vengeance. Well, how do we know that we're not supposed to judge? Scripture tells us, Romans 2.1 says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. And that verse is basically just saying that 
you don't you don't get to pass judgment on someone else because whatever you are judging them for whatever you are whatever sin you're pointing out in them you're condemning yourself because you're guilty of the same thing and in Matthew 7 Jesus says do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! You first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Basically what that is saying is that like, why do you judge someone else for their sin? Why do you point out what they're doing wrong? Jesus says, no, first pay, fix yourself. And if you're perfect, and if you're sinless, and if you're blameless, then you can judge someone else. What both of these passages are saying is that you don't get to judge because you're just as guilty as the person you're judging. You are not holy. You are not blameless. Therefore, judgment is reserved for God who is. And in the same way, anger is reserved for God who is blameless and holy. Because our sinful nature cannot handle anger righteously. And I'm just as guilty at whoever and whatever I'm angry at. And God isn't. In James 1, 19 through 20, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Our anger does not produce righteousness. It doesn't produce what God desires. Because our sinful nature, we can't handle it. And so was Jesus angry sometimes? Yeah, but he gets to be. But whenever you see Jesus talking about anger for us and teaching about anger, he is always saying that it is wrong and always saying to get rid of it. He never once condones it for us. He never gives us the right to be angry or asks us to be filled with righteous anger to bring about law and order. Instead, he calls us to forgive our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And another thing that people want to say is that, oh, we're supposed to emulate Jesus. We're supposed to be Christ-like. I mean, Jesus went in and he flipped the table in the temple in Matthew. And again, you can say that, man, like Jesus has that right. We don't. But like, also, you want to emulate Jesus? Be grieved by sin. In Matthew, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. And in Mark, he is grieved by hardened hearts. That should be our response to offense against the Lord. That should be our response to sin, not more sin by becoming angry at it. One verse that people want to point to and say that this verse gives us the right to have righteous anger is Ephesians 4.26. And it says, when you are angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. But if you keep reading in verse 27, Paul literally says that holding on to your anger gives the devil a foothold in your life. And if you keep reading all the way down to verse 31, Paul says to get rid of all bitterness, all anger, all rage, and all malice. It doesn't say get rid of anger except for righteous anger. It says to get rid of all anger. So is Paul contradicting himself here? Because he also writes in Colossians 3.8 to get rid of anger. He says get rid of such things. And we know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And I don't think that Paul is contradicting himself. We're in one verse, in verse 26, where he says, you can be angry. And then right, right after that, in verse 37, he says to get rid of all anger. I don't think Paul is changing his mind. So clearly, we aren't correctly understanding 
Um, and so when you read Ephesians 4.26, some translations say, be angry and do not sin. But some say, when you are angry, which is a more correct translation, because in the Hebrew, when Paul was writing the word anger in this context, it meant when you are agitated or provoked. And so when Paul is saying in Ephesians 4.26, when you are angry, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Paul's saying like, look, we're human we're going to have we're going to be agitated and provoked and that anger is just going to rise up in us but let it go because it will give the devil a foothold in your life let it go it's the same thing of like when we're tempted or we have an intrusive sinful thought I mean those just pop up they just happen and that instant reaction isn't a sin or that instant thought or that instant um temptation isn't the sin but holding on to it and not getting rid of it and letting it go and letting it fester and dwelling on it, that would be a sin. And so that's what Paul is saying. So when you have that immediate reaction where you're provoked to anger, let it go because you will give the devil a foothold in your life. He's not saying when you are angry and condoning anger because that clearly contradicts other parts in the Bible. And here's another thing that people ask, shouldn't we be angry at sin? Like, hate the sin, love the sinner. You don't have to be angry at someone, but be angry at their sin or just the sin of the world in general. And, and here's what, what I would say to that. And here's what the book um, Unoffendable points to is that nowhere in scripture does it tell us to be angry with sin. I mean, sin is for God to deal with and God alone. He doesn't need us to be running around righteously angry for him in an attempt to end all of the sin that is in the world. One, he doesn't need us ever at all. And two, that's his job, not ours. And so instead of running around being quote-unquote righteously angry, what has he called us to do? He's called us to love him, preach the good news, love our neighbor, forgive over and over, turn the other cheek, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly, love our enemies, do good to those who hate us, pray for those who persecute us, and over and over again to get rid of our anger. Again, James 1.20, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So being angry, even at sin, does not produce righteousness. And, and don't you think that if us being in angry ever, even at sin, produce righteousness, we would be called to do it? And another thing is that anger is always associated with foolishness in the Bible, never wisdom. Proverbs 29.11 says that fools give full vent to their rage. And in Ecclesiastes 7.9, it says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Another thing is that Human anger always causes division. I mean, look look around you. Like, just look at the state of America right now. And all of the division that anger has caused in the I'm right, you're wrong, this sense of moral superiority that we feel because we believe our anger is righteous and that the other person's is not. I mean, it's tearing our country apart. It's tearing our world apart. And truly, I mean... In, this is something that other people have said and I've grown come to agree with is that man the devil is attacking America right now through our anger and and the division that comes from that like he's just sitting back and laughing y'all we are not called to division 
we're called to peace. And, and what Jesus prays for all believers is that he prays for unity. Like Jesus literally gets on his knees and asks God, Hey, I pray for the, all of the believers that they would be one as we are one. And our anger does not produce that. It does not produce unity or peace. And here's the thing that I think is really easy to get mixed up, um, is that hate and anger are always equated with each other, but they're, they're not the same thing. Hate and anger are not the same thing. Because I can hate something without being angry about it. Like I can be passionately grieved and I can be passionately dislike something without being angry. And you know, we see this when Paul is writing in Romans, he says, I do what I hate, which is his sin. And so we can hate sin. We can hate the um, destruction that it brings to this world. We can hate um, the separation from the father that it brings this world. And we can do that without being angry. We can be grieved over sin, like I was talking about. Our hearts can break for it. We can hate what sin does, but we don't have to be angry as well. In fact, in Romans 12, 9, we're called to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. But in there, anger is not mentioned. Um, And so... I think it's a little bit of a separation of hate and anger are not the same thing. To hate something is to passionately dislike it, um, to grieve over it, um, to wish it was not existing. And so in saying that we are not called to be angry, even at sin, it raises the question of like, okay, does this mean that we're just not supposed to do anything about injustice? Are we supposed to turn a blind eye to what is going on in our world? No, not at all. I mean, the Bible tells us to do justice. Um, And there are many other things in the Bible, many other verses in the Bible that point to that. We aren't supposed to just sit still and let injustice run rampant. Um, But I think that the book Unoffendable does a really good job of explaining this. So I'm going to read y'all a little bit. And it says, Upon hearing my ideas on anger, a radio listener told me, I don't get it. Shouldn't we be angry at those guys in the news who beat up homeless people? Here's what I think. Given that we're to get rid of, quote, all anger, anger will happen. We're human, but we can't keep it. We can recognize injustice, we can grieve it, and act against it, but without rage, without malice, and without anger. We have enough motivation, I hope, to defend the defenseless and protect the vulnerable without needing anger. Seek justice, love mercy. You don't have to be angry to do that. People say we have to get angry to fight injustice, but I've noticed that the best police officers don't do their jobs in anger. The best soldiers don't function out of anger. Anger does not enhance judgment. Yes, God is quite capable of being both just and angry, but if I'm on trial in front of a human judge, I'm sure hoping his reasoning is anger-free. Some people think I'm nuts when I talk about this, when when I say that we're not entitled to our anger, and maybe I am. At first, I hated this idea, too. The thing is, now I'm hoping I'm right, because life has become so much better this way, and I think I can understand Jesus more. So, are we called to do nothing about injustice? No, absolutely not, Um, and scripture is clear on that. But I want to kind of dive into, I mean, like, what's the good news in all of this, that we're called to drop our anger, let it go, get rid of it, that our anger isn't righteous, Here's the good news. 
Not only do we not get to hold on to anger, but we don't have to. I don't have to become angered by other people's immoral behavior because I realize that I am the same and I realize the grace extended to me. I don't have to be angry about the sin in this world as if it was all on my shoulders and up to me to fix it. I don't have to be angry when someone wrongs me because of Jesus, I'm able to forgive them. And I can let things go because life just isn't all about me. And not only that, but we get to choose not to be angry. I mean, Jesus has given us that freedom. I mean, are there going to be times when something or someone agitates us, provokes us, or angers us? Yes, absolutely. We live in a fallen world, but we get to let go of it. We get to drop it. We don't have to carry that burden. We don't have to hold on to it, harbor it, or let it fester. We don't have to store up anger within our hearts. We get to drop it and walk in the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that is extended to us. And because that is our reality and because that is what we get to walk in through the blood of Jesus, it is what we also get to extend to everyone else around us and to this world. But I want to end with another passage from this book. I'm not entitled to anger because I'm me. I can't handle anger. I don't have the strength of character to do it. Only God does. We can trust him with it. Jesus gets angry, but his character is beyond question, so he is entitled. We all think that we deserve to carry our anger, but it will destroy us unless we let it go. We have to deny ourselves, die to ourselves, and surrender ourselves. That's just such good news, that we don't have to carry the weight of anger that will ultimately end up destroying us because, because Jesus has given us the freedom to let it go. So praise God for that. All right, y'all, just a reminder before we wrap up, all of the verses that I've used in this podcast and some other supporting verses, they will be listed in the description and details of the podcast, as well um, as the title of this book. I would really recommend um, reading this book called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all the latest podcast news, if you want to be able to make sure that you send in a question for the next Q&A podcast, make sure to follow along on caroline.adrian on Instagram. All right, that is all that I have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope to see you back. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. My prayer is that we would be a people whose lives are rooted in the truth of scripture. Make sure you share, subscribe, and repost the podcast so that we can continue to grow our community and be a generation that walks in truth and lives in love.